I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 53 of the dynasty debates the best kept secret in all dynasty fantasy football back again building the big board talking more tight end prospects if you're wondering who is this beautiful voice i am hearing it's me Evan Brown, your humble host, as always, the humblest host, some might say. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like Revolution, but with my name Evan at the start. The Evanlution has begun. Come and join us. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments about any of the prospects we've been covering, the series itself, the show, things you'd like to see, things you don't want to see, it's all good. Let me know what you're thinking. And guys, super excited about the guest we have. He is no stranger to the show. He is a fellow Brown, a much more beautiful Brown with beautiful takes. And it is the one and only Alfredo Brown at Alfredo Brown GM on Twitter. The pasta king himself. You know him probably. And if you do, you love him. He's been on before. He's the host of the Pretend GM podcast. Alfredo, how the heck are you, buddy? Oh man, I'm doing great. That was quite the intro. I love it. Pasta King. And of course, yeah, fellow Brown. Uh, dude, I, lo- I love coming on your show, man. It's just, it's so much fun. I'm happy to be back. It's just, it's a nice, easy, casual thing to talk about. Plus I don't have to be the host, so I can just kind of <laughs> sit back and just, I let you do all the work and then I can just come in and give like a little quip or a joke and that's it. It's, it's, it's easy. It's sad. Yeah, it's so much more, um, it's so much more light when you're not the host, isn't it? Like you're just like, yes. sit back look good well except for there's no video but guys trust me he <laughs> looks good uh and then you just get to make the occasional really smart comment and then the other person does all the emming and awing um but yeah no uh, absolutely pleasure having you on as always i know you've been on before it's been too long since we've had you back you're still rocking the pretend gm that is going really well from all accounts and also interesting bit of news exciting bit of news so let me officially congratulate you um even though it's not brand new breaking news but you are now working with the football guys if i'm correct um what was that like and how long has that been going on for yeah it's been really cool i am officially working over with football guys um you know joe bryant who is you know the owner over there he's just a great guy and the team is so awesome everyone's just very welcoming uh, it's a very cool, casual atmosphere. Uh, it's, you know, they're kind of kind of reinventing the brand, so to speak. And it's just it's been a lot of fun uh, to to jump on board with a bunch of like minded individuals. And, and it's just a really good atmosphere. And people that really take the craft seriously, you know, they're not out there just trying to get clicks and, uh, you know, and use this as some big marketing ploy. Like it's, it's a bunch of people that are part of an organization that really go out there and just put great content together. So I've loved being part of that team. It's been really cool. That is awesome. Congratulations. And it doesn't surprise me. I want to go on record officially as saying I am one of Alfredo's biggest fans. I have been since I met him. I met him about a year ago this time, to be fair. I think it was right after the draft last year. I think we were both just being like 
fellow dynasty degenerates and just like doing loads of mock drafts on Twitter and things like that. And we ran across each other's paths. And I was actually talking to Alfredo the other day. And I said, you remember one of the first like DMs we had, it was like me just being like, Hey man, listen to your show. He just started, I think the pretend GM at the time. And I was like, dude, you really got something, man. Keep going. Like, I really think you have something there. Like you, you know, you can just tell there's some quality and some, um, you know, obviously the way he delivers the information that he's got, how hard he works at his craft. So absolutely not surprised at all. And I think it's only the beginning. So going on record as saying the sky's the limit and someday when he has 1.4 million followers on Twitter, I'll be able to say I knew him when he was just the pasta king before he had all those followers. So absolutely well done you. Congrats. And um, you, are you man. are you excited to talk some tight ends? I am always excited to talk. I talk tight ends with anyone I can. That was one of my favorite tight ends and running backs are my two favorite positions to scout. Uh, that's what uh, that's my small claim to fame that while I was a college scout at FIU, I helped discover John U. Smith. So I love tight ends. I, I tend to think I'm fairly accurate with the tight end position. So uh, I'm I'm ecstatic to jump on tight ends with you. There you go. See, so not only just an expert in general, but a specific uh, a scalpel, not just like a, a hatchet. He's a proper scalpel <laughs> when it comes to diagnosing, breaking down the tight end position. I think he's on a pretty big show this week, I believe. Is, am I allowed to say that or am, is that something I should keep on under wraps? Uh, yes. Yeah, so actually, it's OK. We will announce it right here. I haven't quite put it out there, but I am absolutely I'm happy to announce it. We're only 48 hours away. Um, yeah, I will be jumping on the late round podcast with JJ Zacharyson. So that will be really cool. Yeah. Be talking, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about rookie wide receivers. Uh, you know, this is this is the time of year, man. Just start talking about rookies with everyone you can. Second biggest podcast to have been on that week. Am I right? Absolutely. Um, second, second biggest, second hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, no, that's awesome, man. But to be fair, by the time this drops, that'll have happened in the past, so it won't be a secret anymore. Congrats on jumping on. I know you had JJ on your show fairly recently, so um, little known fact. Did you know that Northern Ireland is known as the land of saints and scholars? So I was just I thinking you're in this. Florida and we're fellow Browns, but what is Florida? So if Northern Ireland is the land of saints and scholars, I love, a I love a little alliteration. So what is Florida, the land of sunshine and psychopaths or <laughs> <laughs> what is, well, not that I'm calling you a psychopath. I'm just saying that, you know, Florida has a reputation, you know? Um, so what would, what would Florida be if we're coming up with a... Man, I, I think I think you nailed that perfectly. Sunshine and psychopaths, man. Like that's that's what it, it's embarrassing almost. To, so like the cool thing is that I live at least in, in the part where people go to vacation. I'm in South Florida where, you know, nice. you're right by Miami and Fort Lauderdale, the two major airports. Um, and I'm in, in a little suburb that's about 20 minutes from each of those. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm away from all the craziness. But man, it stinks so much when you go somewhere and they're like, oh, yeah, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Florida and it's, it's always <laughs> so embarrassing. Uh, even when you I'm just like step back do they when you're Oh uh, yeah, a little bit, a little. And I always get like the questions of like, Oh man, have you, have you had a Florida man experience and have you <laughs> run into someone crazy like that? How often do you go to Disney world? And I'm just like, eh, Florida's not all like that. <laughs> I know it is. I know it's, I, I this is, that's what I mean. That's why I'm glad you're out there, you know, waving the flag and, and, and showing people that there's some sanity in Florida, because to be honest with you, especially on this side of the pond, anytime we read a, an insane article about somebody that did something crazy in America, we sort of assume that it was to do with Florida <laughs> or Texas. It's because most um, of the time it is. Yeah. I would say a good 60% of the time it is every time. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So Alfredo pasta King as the tight end whisperer, what are your thoughts overall on this tight end? In class man i think like with any with any rookie class you can always try to find some gems somewhere 
but you know, this one's, it's a little underwhelming. I don't think you're not going to have, you know, the star studded class like we did the year with, you know, like the Iowa tight ends, Fanton Hawkinson coming out. There's no generational talent like a Kyle Pitts, but you know, there's some decent guys here that I think are just going to, they're going to be the ones that fill out the NFL rosters. They're going to be the rotational guys. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of good blockers in this class and those good blockers end up being the guys that eventually start to make their way onto the field, take on a starting role and, but you don't get fantasy points for blocking. But I was just thinking that should we not look at starting a points per blocking league? Because <laughs> this could be a really good class for that. I mean, CJ Uzama becomes tight end one. Uh, am, am I- <laughs> George Kittle, George Kittle, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. That's you're you're right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, George Kittle. I love a good pancake, a good pancake served up by Mr. Kittle. So, right, let's get into it, guys. We've got some really interesting, um, especially this first one here. I know this is this is one of Alfredo's loves in the class. So we're gonna get right to it here. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation. A rookie fever. So we are talking Trey McBride. Most people's consensus tight end one. I'm fairly positive. Pasta King's tight end one. And just a little bit of a background here. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Pasta take the the lead on breaking this guy down because he's been kind enough to come on the show and this is one of his dudes. But I'm gonna give you the little bit of a background, just the stats, the facts, the figures, if you aren't too familiar, or if you maybe just know the name. So he's out of Colorado State. He is a Ram. Uh, he's a senior, 22 years old, three-star recruit, six foot four, 246 pounds. So the combine metrics, he only participated in a couple of, um, a couple of things at the combine. So he did 18 reps on the bench, which is decent. He did better than a couple of the other tight ends that we've talked about. He had a 33 inch vert and a nine foot nine inch broad, which isn't great. Um, now here's the interesting thing. And I'll get, I'll get past that away in on this in a minute. He had an unofficial time 40 time at his pro day of four, five, four, which is like, that's insane. Like that, it would be the fastest 40 of this entire tight end class, which I did not expect. Um, I thought he was a decent athlete, but I didn't think, expect him to be the fastest tight end in the class. So if that is true, then, then that's just even more, even another feather in his cap. Um, in high school, he did play. He, he didn't just play. He excelled at baseball, basketball, and football. So multi-sport athlete, which I always love to see. He had a 20.8 breakout age, which is 60th percentile 46.3 college dominator, which if you look at places like player profiler, things like that, this just gives you an insight into certain metrics to see how, how, how big of an impact did they have in college? So to give you an example, 46.3 as a college dominator rating for a tight end is 99th percentile. And what that basically means is like, if Colorado state was doing something on offense, it was through Trey McBride, basically is what they're trying to say. Um, he was a four year starter at Colorado state. He led the team in receptions in 2020 and 2021. In 2021, he was the John Mackey Award winner, which is basically the award that goes to the nation's best tight end. So very prestigious award, especially coming from a smaller school. Um, he was a unanimous first team All-American. He led all FBS tight ends and receptions at 90 yards 1121 and yards per game at 93.4 and i just thought this was really fun so i'm just gonna throw this in here at the end and this is just such such a great like sign off his final play of his career in college was a 69 yard touchdown run on a fake punt against nevada noise but also what a way to go out 
I mean, what a way to leave your final play. What a mic drop moment. Um, and in four years, so 40 games played, 164 receptions for 2,100 yards, 12.8 yards per reception, and 10 touchdowns. So it gives you a snapshot. I'm going to throw it to Pasta because I know he loves Trey McBride. And I just want to throw this out there before you take it away because I am all about nicknames. I love a good nickname myself. And uh, especially for the big dogs in the class, Trey McBride, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Trey McBay. Ooh, or Bay McBride. Bay McBride. Something like that. What do you think? Trey McBay, I, I Bay it. McBride. I dig it. I dig it. I, I like that. Very, Bay McBride would be my vote. Nice. I, I like nice. it very much. So yeah, Trey McBride, he's definitely, he's my tight end one in this class. Um, and I don't think it's, uh, I don't want to say it's not close, but I mean, it, I don't think there's a lot of debate as to whether or not he is the tight end one. I've heard some people throw out a few other names, but for me, it's always been Trey McBride from the second I turned on his film. I was like, if there's someone better than him in this class, that person would be a first rounder instantly. And we haven't heard of them. And you know, that's what we, we you're talking about the, those numbers he rattled off there for Trey McBride. And that's one of the things that I look for with a tight end is did they dominate in any facet of their game? Not only did he dominate all tight ends in the nation statistically in his final year, but two years in a row that he's the leading receiver for his team. Those kind of things don't happen by accident. If a team continues to go to you, it means you're probably good. Like it's just that sometimes just scouting is that simple when you, when you're the best player on the team and you get used, you're probably good at football. And so for me, one of the things that I look at with Trey McBride is, you know, my favorite trait of his is just he's got the best hands out of the whole tight end grouping in the class. He catches so naturally and the way he can contort his body, he's not quite as uh, not quite as boxy as most tight ends. I guess that's not that's not really a scouting word, but he's not really all that boxy. He's got some really good wide receiver like body control. He can go up and contort his body and get his feet down into the corner of the end zone and even though he's not necessarily the tallest guy at six foot four, he's still got some good size as a tight end. The the thing that also stood out to me so much on his film was, you know, the catch and run ability after the fact. And, you know, Evan, you talk about the 40 yard dash of him running that four or five and being very surprised. I wasn't overly surprised. I'm not overly surprised to hear that. I mean, is it, is it somewhat surprising? Yeah. I mean, if he had ran a four, four, I'd be completely shocked Four five can kind of see that on film a little bit. Uh, I would have thought it might have been slightly higher. I wouldn't have been surprised with a 4-6, but he's just got some really nice run-after-catch ability. I'm not going to say that he's like George Kittle, but George Kittle's another guy that has that kind of elite run-after-catch ability. Trey McBride, not only is he a good athlete, but he goes out and he seeks contact. He's just an aggressive dude. My player comp that I have for him right now is just Noah Fant from an athletic standpoint. I think he can be used in a bunch of different ways. He's not locked into just being a, an inline tight end. You're your classic Y tight end. He's not stuck being just a move tight end. I think he can do a lot of different things, and he adds that great run after catch ability. For me, I think in the NFL draft, he'll be an early second round pick. And I think at one point he was being talked about maybe late first. I just don't, I don't think he's quite up there, but I think he'll be an early to mid second round pick in the NFL draft. Love it. Love it. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm really glad that you mentioned, you know, um, even like his hands saying he has the best hands. I was just going to say one of the, um, so with my, my sort of scoring system with my film scores, I have about 
depending on the position, I have about seven or eight, nine different categories that I kind of give them a score for under, you know, as I'm looking at their film, watching them. And I was actually going to comment on for him, hands is the highest one I've got for him. And it was like the highest of all the in the tight end class. So I've got him at an 84 for his hands. And like, I think the next closest guy is like an 82 or an 81 or something like that. So definitely really good, really good hands. And I like a lot of the diving catches and like sort of the body control and like the toe tapping on the sidelines, you know, for like a big dude. Nice to see. And he's actually really really good blocker as well and, uh, and you know unfortunately we don't have that points per blocking league yet but i am going to look <laughs> into that and um i think that just is a, it just is another another bow um you know another string in his bow when it looks at the actual nfl getting on the field getting on the field early getting on the field often so you know absolutely would love to see him go to like you know somewhere that like needs mm. a tight end that uses a tight end that would be incredible um but yeah no i mean i'm not going to argue with you like i think i probably have somebody else slightly ahead of him but that's mm. just personal preference but i completely get it and i understand that um, I could very well be wrong and <laughs> that's okay, but no, absolutely. Trey McBride is very solidly a top, top three tight end in this class for me. Um, probably number two quite easily um, and, and could be number one, but there's just another guy that I kind of love a little bit. So yeah, no trick bride. He's awesome. I love your breakdown. I am not going to be redundant and go over every little thing you just said because you did it yourself and you did it very well. I will say from what I've seen, it looks like in a one QB 12 team league, you're going to have to give like a very early second, maybe even a late first to get your hands on Bay McBride. And, you know, what are your thoughts? Am I wrong in, in saying that? Or um, are you comfortable with that price tag? Are you comfortable pulling the trigger at 111, 112, 201 for this dude? You know, what? so there's a difference between do I want to versus am I comfortable? I get, I would be comfortable doing it. But do I want to do that? Probably not. I think I'd rather be able to take him in the second. I think early second, mid second is perfectly fine for him. And I think the way that most leagues run, you're probably not going to see him go in the first, especially with how many good wide receivers there are. And we're going to see uh, one or two running backs really get pushed up this board, depending on where they land. And I think that's going to end up happening. It's going to drop Trey McBride. And he's going to be a value for someone likely in the mid second round uh, of, of your dynasty rookie drafts. But I think where I could take him late first is going to be in one of those tight end premium drafts. You know, if you get you know really into the specifics of it, that's that's where I could see him going in the first round of a rookie draft. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. You always have to be be aware of your scoring settings and things like that. But I think, you know, look, let's be honest, we could sit and talk about Bay McBride all night. And as much as I would love that, I know you have a job to get to. So we're going to move right along here and we're going to talk about my dude. Uh, well, he's not my dude. I want to make that clear. He's not, <laughs> he's not like a my guy. I'm not. So I just want to say that I'm just saying the guy that I'm taking the lead on here um, is Jake Ferguson. So I guess a little bit of step down from excitement level for everybody. <laughs> Bay McBride bride now we're going to talk about jake ferguson and it's probably that gif um where it's like who <laughs> like <laughs> leaning forward so if you don't know who jakey jake ferguson is let me just tell you you are in for a treat um he is out of wisconsin he's a badger which is kind of a cool name um redshirt senior 23 years old he was a four-star recruit one of the only four-star recruits in this class a lot of the tight ends were three or even two-star recruits so he's a four-star recruit coming out of high school six foot five 250 pounds so at the combine he ran a 48140 15 reps on the bench 31 and a half inch vert nine foot 10 inch broad and a 7.033 cone 
Uh, now, going back to him as a prospect coming out of high school, he was actually rated as the number two tight end nationally, like when he was coming out as um, as a senior out of high school. So he was very well thought of. He did play baseball as well as basketball in high school. So again, a multi-sport athlete. Going back to the breakout age, he had a 19.6 BOA, which is 85th percentile. So that that is quite good. Again, just in case you've forgotten or haven't listened to the other episodes, breakout age really is just kind of tied into that dominator thing. We were talking about it saying at what age um, in their college career, did they have at least a 15% dominator rating um, for their team? So did they really contribute to at least 15, 20% of their team's overall offensive production? So the younger they broke out, the more correlation that has to being a better prospect, hopefully more of an impact in their career. So he had a good, a good solid breakout age, even though, and this is interesting that he did redshirt his freshman year so that could mean he could have had an even earlier breakout age possibly if he hadn't done a redshirt year in 2017 so 2020 he was on the john mackey award semi-finalist list um he was all big all big 10 first team and he led the team his team in receptions in 2020 and 2021 so in four years for the badgers he had so 46 games played 142 receptions for 1,585 yards, 11.2 yards per reception and 12 touchdowns. So that just gives you a little bit of a snapshot of Jake, Jakey boy. And I think contextually, one thing to bear in mind is he doesn't have as stunning or as gaudy of a, you know, stat line, but you have to remember and consider where he was playing. He was playing in Wisconsin and they are famously run heavy um if you think about his first two years in college the running back was jonathan taylor and they were feeding the big dog not a lot of scraps left over to go around um so that can really and that's something that i brought up when i was talking with um when I was talking with Marvin last week about Jeremy Ruckert, I was saying, you know, Ohio State doesn't use their tight ends that much. Um, they have a great wide receiver room and things like that, and they just don't seem to utilize it. So I think things like that need to be brought into context. Now, obviously, the argument can be made if he's just so incredible, then they have to use him. So why didn't that happen? But I think there is a, a sense of, you know what, Wisconsin just love to run the ball. <laughs> like that is, that is their jam. So I think you do need to bear in mind, maybe he doesn't have the most gaudy stats, but he's kind of like, statistically speaking if you think about it he's almost like a poor man's you know trey mcbride he led his team in receptions you know he had a lot of impact he had um similar four-year starter he was you know there's a lot of things there that you sort of say okay well he obviously made some impact what's he going to do at the next level i think he has got a solid chance of being a sneaky like value in the nfl draft and i think he could bring value to your to your fantasy football teams um because when i watch him like he does do a lot of blocking. I can't get away from that. <laughs> he plays for Wisconsin. He does a lot of blocking and he is good at it. He's a good blocker, physicality. Um, it's it's hard to say with when you're watching him play, like I, I like watching him play and he is good. He has a, for example, he does have some body catches. So he doesn't have as good a hands as Trey McBride has. He does have um his role in college was more blocking than receiving. So when you're talking about what does he do well, you're having to really look at these glimpses of what he does and try and project it more at an NFL level. The thing is about him, I do think he has, he needs a little bit more strength to his game. I think he needs to gain a little bit of weight, get a little bit more physical for the NFL. He needs to work on his ball security. There was a couple of times where he would catch the ball and then kind of like fumble it or the ball would get knocked out, things like that. Um, but saying that he does have some decent routes, he does go deeper sometimes, which is nice. Like some of these tight ends 
all of their routes are just within like five yards of the line of scrimmage. You did see Jake Ferguson go a little bit deeper at times. Um, he was capable at getting behind linebackers, like in zone coverage, finding that soft spot in the zone and creating just a bigger target for the quarterback. So I think he does have some, he does have some sneaky upside to him, but I think he's one of those guys that you just need to maybe be aware of at this stage and just kind of know who he is and just see what happens in the NFL draft. He's not somebody that I'm like, bumping up my board or super excited about or like targeting as such. He's just somebody that I think you should be aware of. And then when the name comes up, if he gets like sneaky fourth round draft capital or something, be like, okay, Jake Ferguson, I remember him um, and just be aware of him. But what are your thoughts on him? Um, Alfredo, is there anything I missed on? Or would you say, are you higher on him than I am? Or you think that's about fair where I've sort of put him? Yeah, I I have him probably around like the middle of, of the class. Like for me, he's my tight end seven. Um, and, and I love that you brought up the blocking because it, it's it's one that's one of those things that I truly value as a scout. Uh, I, I want to see a complete game, and it's almost like when I when I look at a player, right? It, it's it kind of sounds weird to com- to compare it this way, but I compare a player almost to like a, a food entree, and I want to see okay to com- to complete this recipe, do I have good ingredients? And then, you know, the coach or whatever team he goes to, that's going to be the chef. And then can that chef then handle those ingredients to make a good meal out of this and make a good entree? Jake Ferguson has good ingredients. Okay. He's already got the size and um, he's got the production, maybe not as as highly, you know, not as sexy as Trey McBride there. Right. Um, But I do think he's probably one of the best blockers in the class. I'm probably a little bit higher on him than than you, Um, you know, and I get it. He doesn't really have any elite athletic traits, but he's one of those guys. He's going to make a team. And he's going to be a rotational blocking guy. He's going to catch a couple passes every now and then. And he could be the guy that ends up, you know, into a starting lineup within the next two, three years. I mean, we saw he has a little bit of that potential. We saw him in some, you know, some move plays, some play action rollouts in senior bowl with Desmond Ritter, where he was able to catch and run. And, you know, he's not like a guy that just catches and falls down. So it's not like he's uh, in, in, an incredible athlete, but he's also not one of these like kind of stumble over his feet kind of guys that catches it and just falls. To me, he he seems like a guy that he just reminds me like of Dalton Schultz, you know, someone that could eventually rise into some sort of fantasy role. And don't get it twisted. You know, I get it. Dalton Schultz was really good this year, but I'm not suggesting that. You know, that that's the future for Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson is the kind of guy that he'll be on that team. And if he ends up in the right spot where he gets the opportunity, he can lead that blocking effort into, you know, being one of those kind of uh, regularly used tight ends. But I don't know that he's ever going to be the elite fantasy tight end that most people would want for him. He's just going to give you probably a solid floor at some point in his career. I'm looking at him as probably like a fourth round flyer if he has a decent draft capital landing spot. Where are you at with your rookie draft grade for him? Yeah, I think that would be the big if. If he gets good draft capital and a good landing spot, he could be one of those last round uh, picks in a, in a rookie draft. But I've actually got him undrafted. Even though he's my tight end seven, I don't think there's a lot of tight ends in this class that are worth drafting in your rookie class. And you know, you're going to see a lot of these guys on your waiver wire after the draft, yeah. and you know, you'll see them become available, and they're going to be there during minicamp. And as players start to get injured, you know, someone's going to snatch them up. So that's kind of where I see Jake Ferguson falling. There you go, folks. Two tight ends, Bray Mc. Bay McBride in the bag <laughs> and Jakey boy Ferguson here. We have discussed at length. Hopefully you enjoyed that and make sure and join us again. Cause we're not done yet. We are complete degenerates when it comes to digging deep into this tight end class. I drive zero RB in dynasty. Pass up a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be me. 
My fist wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate